0: As a warning, this is going to be one of those days where it's like ninety percent chance that my dog is going to bark the entire time. So uh,
1: people love that. Okay. People love to hear your dog.
0: Well, I'm glad somebody does. He's a he, he he's a shrieker. He'll just go like yes. whoa, and it's it's so unnecessary.
1: And this podcast is my punishment for living. This is episode 185 of the Insert Credit Show, a video game talk show wherein a panel of experts must address a series of 10 carefully chosen topics, each within the space of six minutes, lest they be prodded by the sound of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and if I could only play video games that started with one letter for the rest of my life, I would choose the letter T because I don't like the idea of never being able to play Tetris again.
2: Hmm. Uh, my name is Frank Spaldi, and if I had to choose uh, letter, blah, 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 I'd go S, because I think that's the most common letter uh, across every platform ever. So I think that'll get me the, the most variety.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that my T allows me to play games that start with the word the... Uh, But we'll see how the rules fall down.
2: Uh, I think the rules are probably going to be a comma the at the end. So Mm, I think we'll see. I think you got blasted. You just blasted yourself.
1: I've been self-blasted.
0: Well, I'm Brandon Sheffield and I was going to choose S (laughs) because you could
2: choose S. You still can. It doesn't have to be a unique answer. Oh,
0: is that right? I figured it had to be unique. It's more interesting if it has to be unique and if they're claimed. So, uh, since I can't choose S and it means no more Sonic in my life, uh, it's a difficult one. I would say this is going to be a weird thing. I'm really pigeonholing myself here, but I'm going to say I want to play Y games because I can. I got East. And I got mm-hmm. the Yakuza series. And I got Yanya Cabalista Ka- uh, for the <laughs> for the PS2. That's that's very important <laughs> to have. I got to have that. I got ukulele, everyone's favorite video game to make fun of on this show um so you know i've got all my bases covered why all
1: right i think we're gonna have to put ukulele on the earthworm gin list of games we're not allowed to talk about yeah okay all right well joining us this week from germany is writer from rpg site in silicon era and a uh vtuber with rainbow arcade uh, Kazumo Hashimoto is with us.
3: Hi, I'm Kazuma Hashimoto, and if I had to pick a letter that would dictate all video games I have to play, I'd have to go with R, because I love the Resident Evil series, and I could play those <laughs> games until I drop.
1: Resident Evil Village, how are, are you feeling about it?
3: Um, I think it's okay as a horror game. I don't think it's a Resident Evil game, um, but I've played it like eight times to completion, so it's fun. <laughs> That's a <laughs> so, lot of time.
1: I, I gotta ask, what? What is a Resident Evil game? What are the defining characteristics?
3: Oh, uh, so I think when people think about Resident Evil, they associate, you know, mansion, uh, zombie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But the core narrative of the Resident Evil series has always been about, well, eugenics and white supremacy and how government backed pharmaceutical corporations exploit vulnerable people to create things um, like bioweapons that, you know, are then used to facilitate terrorism in uh, other countries.
1: So is Resident Evil 4 a Resident Evil game?
3: Uh, yes, because that has to do with government collusion behind a cult manipulating vulnerable people in Europe, All right. because uh, Krauser is actually part of the United States government. So I think that I think that applies.
0: Yeah, sure. I get into a weird space when talking about those because um, I mean, mechanically, because like Resident Evil 1 through 3 are are one thing, and then Resident Evil 4 is another thing, and then uh, the rest of them are all trying to figure out whether they're 1 through 3 or whether they're 4. It's, it's how it kind of feels to me. And I, I think 8, Kazuma, correct me if I'm wrong, 8, I, have, I haven't have played it yet, is one of the closest to trying to be 4 mechanically, right?
3: Um, regarding its pacing and level design, yes, because it's super self-referential to Resident Evil 4, and I feel like it suffers for that. Uh, mechanically, it plays just like Resident Evil 7.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. I mean, all I really wanted them to do is bring back the inventory Tetris. Mm. Yeah. And they did it. So, you know, I'm I'm on board so far. They got me that. You know
2: what they did uh, with this game I'm not a fan of? I saw there was a demo for the mm-hmm. game on Steam. Like, great, I'll download this demo. When the night's right, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, the night was right last night. And, uh, I mean, you're laughing, so I think you know the end of the story, which is apparently it's a timed demo. Yes. Um,
0: and you can no longer play it. And... uh I don't know why. I mean, it, it was an interesting experiment. They did it as like a, uh, uh, to try to make it an event. Everyone would have to play it on the same night at the same time. I don't think that works for um, people like us. It works for people who are like super dedicated. I think it's a cool idea, but I also think that you should then make it available again later after, like once the game is out, just l- let, let people do it because. Yeah.
2: Even if you wait a couple weeks or whatever, I don't know. Cause for me. Yeah, you know, I I play on a computer and it it's got, you know, the the second hottest graphics card and I wanted to launch this demo to see if the graphics were super hot and if the graphics were super hot, I might purchase it cuz sometimes I want to buy a game just to just to use my graphics card that that I don't use very much. Uh so, I guess I'll never know.
0: I I was one of those people that was aware of this in advance. I knew they were going to be timed demos that you could only play during certain hours and I actually kind of tried to meet those hours and um, i failed so i would be like i think it's today and then it would be like i missed it by five hours and then the second time Speaking i tried of it
1: timed lockouts it's time to uh, go on to our first okay. question <laughs> okay. okay excellent yeah. all right the way this works is that i have a secret scoreboard that i update while you're all answering these questions and whoever gets the most points uh gets to ask a question at the top of next week's show so our winner last week was Liz Ryerson, uh, who messaged me before we started recording to ask, what's the hot new of-the-moment genre of video game that all the kids are playing in the year 2050? Oh. Okay.
2: Um, 2050. So... 2050 is really far. It's like, really far. I kind of want to make this, like... 2023 or something like we might actually and you could
1: have if you won last week's episode mm, that's true
0: i feel like that's true 2050 maybe you've got like i think that the young people are getting more socially and ecologically conscious as time goes on um mm-hmm. and i think that it's it's possible that 2050 we have a lot of really negative environmental impacts going on because the u.s and co have taken not enough action on climate change so I feel like it's possible that there will be some sort of folding at home type thing where through playing this video game you're actually like generating more electricity than you use or something like that I feel like there might be some kind of element like that I mean assuming we still have electricity and everything in 2050
2: right because I was I was gonna go maybe the opposite be you know, prompted by your your reply I should I should say uh, I didn't come up with this out of nowhere that uh, we might Get tonally more toward a uh, toward a Miyazaki kind of, of of narrative in games, in that uh, you know things are kind of hopeless, and that might that that and like humanity, there there's 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 no good to humanity, and, and I'm wondering if uh, that might be reflected in a popular game genre for the kids, but I can't imagine how. I feel
0: be. like we'll want the escapism of. I mean, it might just still be Animal mm. Crossing. Like <laughs> we'll we'll need that <laughs> illusion of owning a home and having friends and having control of your life even more so maybe it'll just be animal crossing still
3: i think the most popular game will be a mobile game more than likely with Gotcha elements that will have cloud save between pc and mobile devices that's extremely monetized
0: but that could oh so 2050 that could could be right now
3: (laughs) no that that will still be a thing i believe that will still be a thing
0: it's 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 the top thing forever. I, I yeah. think so
3: because at the way the market is going and the way the market continues to go because I keep up a lot with uh, mobile games in China, Japan and and Korea specifically. Yeah, these things continue to make more money than I think the Western audience or Western market fully understands. and I think they will continue to make money exponentially. So these mechanics and these systems will be implemented in more games going forward. And I think that will end up being the mainstay, at least in AAA games. I think what you t- what you two are describing is something that will probably pop up in indie games, which are having their renaissance right now. And that's really great. Mm-hmm.
0: This is assuming there's electricity in 2050, though. If, if, uh, otherwise, it'll be like Moncala that we'll be playing.
1: What's Moncala? No, I think we've got until like 2070 2070? until electricity runs out.
0: Moncala is one of the earliest... Games. It originated in Africa.
1: I've played Moncala. Yeah,
0: Moncala's are, you know, Moncala is one of those things where, like, in elementary school, well, maybe not everybody's, but in mine, they were like, this is one of the earliest games. You all should play it. But we never knew what the rules were. And I think whoever told us the rules, taught us the rules, told us a really, really simplified version because it was, yeah, it basically, whoever went second would win.
1: It's kind of a proto-baggammon.
0: Yes, yes. It, I guess it's kind of, you know, I need to relearn the rules of Moncala because it probably, probably secretly rules and I just don't know i I
2: feel like the game is just gonna it's gonna exist in this mechanical language that if we saw it right now we would just not understand literally anything that's happening. yeah I mean I'm I'm already almost there with some of these games as as an older person so I think something in 2050 is just like there's just gonna to, to us would just be like, blobs moving around and a lot of strobe lights and 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 notifications that that things are happening and we wouldn't understand how any of it correlates yeah
0: it'll be like Fortnite layered with among us layered with genshin impact with cross saves and you're just like uh you you look at it and and then you fade into dust because of how old you feel yeah and disconnected from from the universe and the kids are like oh but you gotta zab the bloboid uh at the at the correct Zaffer, I put a lot of Z's into my fake words. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's
2: what happens in right. in, in, in the future. In twenty twenty nine years, yeah. we're going to be so old.
1: Yeah, in twenty fifty, the letter everyone's going to pick is Z because that's what all the games are going to start with. That's
0: right. Mm. That's right. Well, good. I think we solved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it's all going to be Genshin Impact. Just
0: Genshin Impact.
1: Question number two: Is there a spectrum of quality for patch slot games, or are they all kind of the same?
3: Oh, I know about this. I know a lot about this. It usually depends because a lot of companies will do corporate tie-ins regarding like, you know, IPs and stuff like, uh, for example, Capcom released some uh, Resident Evil Pachi Slot machines a while ago. When I tell you that at the time, because the Resident Evil remake HD and Resident Evil Zero HD collections hadn't come out yet, they put more effort into those Pachi slot machines than they did the entirety of those Umbrella Chronicles adaptations for those for the Wii games. They brought back voice actors. They completely re-rendered cutscenes and everything.
0: Because they're money makers.
3: Yeah, they they make a lot of money. Even though the industry is on the decline, pachislot makes a lot of money, so people will invest. So you have, you know, like your high your high end pachislot machines that you know have your Fox engine, like Metal Gear Solid cutscenes, and then you have your stock and standard pachislot machines that mostly just have like effects and really neat decals and stuff. I think it varies between uh, manufacturer and if it's a tie in or not to some sort of already pre existing property.
0: Something I've seen that's kind of interesting with pachislot is there are some folks that somewhat understandably are like they prefer the physical apparatus ones versus the digital ones because mm. you know the the physical pachislot games you, you have actual pachinko balls and an actual rotating you know s- slot machine and somehow it feels more like you're in control even though you're not if it's fully digital you feel like this could change on me at any moment, even though it's all rigged, obviously, against you. But um, I, I found that an interesting thing where, uh, especially uh, older folks were like, no, we want the the actual physical one. And it, it sort of reminds me of how, I, I don't think pachislot will go this way, but pinball tried to go digital. And, you know, pin pinball also has its origins in gambling and in pachinko. And it's, it all comes from sort of the same space. Pinball tried to go digital, and they do still have digital tables. But in general, the people that wanted to play pinball in the U.S. are folks who liked that kind of physical feeling of it, and the and it felt more like it was skill based, even if they got the the digital physics perfectly correct. And now I think you see that all the major pinball machines that are coming out are are still physical machines. The the digital stuff did not take it over. Uh, that probably won't happen in Slot. It seems like it's going to primarily be digital wouldn't you uh say Kazuma
3: oh yeah because in the end it, gambling is gambling right like that's ultimately it like if I'm completely honest about the pachislot slot industry it's just you know it's slot machines it's gambling and yeah. a lot of people in Japan well like a lot of older people um have gambling addictions and a lot of people are susceptible to gambling addictions just because like I was talking about this with another uh, half Japanese friend about how when we're young you have gashapon you know um and you stick yeah. a coin in you turn the wheel and then like um physical thing comes out and that already conditions you to have this affinity for gambling uh, in some way and then uh, apache slot is basically just you know the super elevated version of that and at the end of the day if people want to gamble they want to gamble the same thing is just with loot boxes right or Mm -hmm. uh 10 pulls in your app games and stuff which i am super guilty of doing and if it transitions to digital i could see that being more feasible than them keeping around um Physical machines because yeah. it just seems like a natural progression from what people are already doing on their phones to what they're now doing in parlors,
0: and it's easier to update as well. There's practical mm, yeah. concerns about it. You can uh, you can update it. You can change things on the fly. I think uh, also when talking about levels of quality, like a lot of the quality level has to do with the graphical display and how engaging it is. But there's a, a game that we do occasionally talk about on here, which is the Apache uh, Paradise series from. IRM, which is just an entire disaster report game inside of a pachislot wrapper. Well, it's it's sort of like it's next to it, but they they used a pachislot game as a vehicle to do a whole like full 3D running around a world disaster report style game. And I really feel like somebody needs to do a deep dive investigation into all of those games because I feel like they're sort of under discussed over here. It's just such a such an oddity that that. It's like something they they wanted to do enough that they were like, yeah, we're just going to make a whole 3D GTA like inside of this Pachi slot game that you can buy for $20. Uh,
1: If anyone wants to do that, uh, publish it and then come on, insert credit and we'll talk about it.
0: That's right. Please do it. I want to read about it without having to do the work.
1: (laughs) Question number three. This ties into what we were talking about in our uh, intro question. Actually, Uh, what defining element of a video game series do you wish that the developers would be more flexible with?
0: That requires some real thinking about.
3: I'll let the three of you go first. Okay.
0: If we we're going with the Resident Evil example, I think there is a time when I would have said that, like ammo and access to weapons, would be a thing that I wish they were more flexible with. But then I saw the ways in which they tried to get more flexible with it, and those were not good. Right. Like most of those side stories and such. So, like R- Raccoon City Chronicles or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real tough one. It's almost I can almost think of more examples where I wish they hadn't been more flexible. Like with the with the East series and its its bump attacks. I wish they just stuck with it. Just like see where that can go rather than turn it into an action RPG of a different sort where you hit a button.
2: My gut instinct answer was to say get rid of lives in something like Super Mario, but I think they did that in Odyssey. I think you just lose some coins. Yeah. Um but I don't know, if anyone's still hanging on to this notion of lives, uh, it's
1: pretty weird, man. Stop. Right. You don't have to do that. We're not in arcades anymore. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about the dynamics Nintendo applies to uh, Link and Zelda and Ganon in the Zelda series. It's always a very rigidly defined Mm -hmm. uh, relationship between those characters in every iteration we see, and it's the reason Nintendo won't let Link be a girl, for instance, and it's just something they gotta let go of.
0: So you you want Ganon to be the hero, so we can have we can have Wicked the Zelda version.
1: Yeah, I, what I want is Shadow the Hedgehog, and uh, we give him a gun. <laughs> and uh...
3: and there are 157 endings.
1: Exactly. Yes. <laughs>
0: Are there a lot of endings to Shadow the Hedgehog?
1: Yes. There
3: are yes. Yes. There are yeah.
1: hundreds of endings to the Shadow the Hedgehog series. Too it's many. Something hundreds? I... Yes. Why? There yeah. are hundreds
3: of endings. And
0: it's
1: something I really want to go through in like a special episode of insert credit, but uh <laughs> it's it would take us like four hours.
0: I really so okay. I was at um Mariel, uh Mariel Cartwright's house and her husband Tyson, who folks may know, is a big sonic human who does all kinds of sonic nonsense he was showing me shadow the hedgehog i i i've owned it forever but i just i didn't like the idea of it and so i wasn't playing it and he was like actually it's pretty good i'll show you some of the parts that are good and the parts he was showing me that were good were not good (laughs) like i don't know how they get how they got to that place with that game so uh that's another situation where yeah maybe they should have not been so loose with their, their constraints of what they did with the video game.
2: I can't imagine pointing to a part of Shadow the Hedgehog and saying, this is the good part. I'm not saying this is, like, worst game. Ever. Like, it's it's just a nothing game. It's not a terrible game. It's a nothing game. So I don't know what parts you point at, and
1: you're like, yeah, this part's pretty
2: good.
0: You know, he, he probably didn't say good. He probably said interesting, and he was probably right about
3: that. It is, like...
0: Okay. It's weird interesting, I guess.
1: There are 326 total pathways in Shadow the hedgehog.
3: I love that for Shadow the hedgehog, specifically the character, not the game. I love that for Shadow. (laughs) (laughs) Good for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Near automata only has twenty six. Get with the program.
0: Yeah, I think um, Shadow only getting one game. It's like, yeah, get all your endings out right now. Right.
1: (laughs) We're not going to get another one.
0: Three hundred and twenty-two. Good lord, that's a heck.
1: That's three
2: hundred and twenty-two sequels to imagine that will never happen. Exactly.
0: Okay, things that should have stuck All right. Are we saying they should? uh, Does
2: every Zelda game still shriek at you if you're about to die for like 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. They should stop that. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's true. We don't need a big klaxon when we're about to die forever. It's very noxious.
2: Just just do the chime like three times and then I get it. I'm not going to forget that I'm about to die. You don't have to keep it repeating forever until I get a heart or die. You can just warn me sufficiently and then I'll understand.
0: It's to badger you into getting another heart. Which works. <laughs> it certainly works on me. I'm like, fine, I will eat this mushroom that I cooked.
1: Okay, consensus. Question number four. What were the most self-ruinous business decisions in video game
0: history? Shoot.
3: See, I'm a politics person. I don't really know a lot about video game development outside of, like, for example, certain people in certain games that were then removed because of X, Y, and Z kind of thing so unfortunately i'll allow you three to illuminate me on this uh
0: you if you if you think of any uh politics side ones we can also throw that in but uh sure a ruinous decision for sega was probably releasing the 32x i guess that was one not having the dreamcast be a dvd player there we go that's one
2: is there some kind of scoring system for this jeffy of course there is okay thank (laughs) you well i meant specifically
1: for bringing up When Sega failed us.
2: Oh, right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, yeah, you get points for that, but only once. Every time you do it after the first time is uh, deducted.
0: Oh, wait, I've got a good Mm. one. The Vita, PlayStation Vita, when it was showed to developers at first, it was kind of pitched as, here is a a micro PS3. You can put your PS3 game on this Vita. And developers were very excited about that. And then it came out And they were like, oh yeah, we cut the RAM in half, Uh, so actually you can't do any of the kind of stuff that you wanted to do before. And that decision, I am 100% convinced, is what killed the Vita before it started, because it's, it's, it's wild to think about how the PSP sold like 110 million units, something just huge like that, where, you know, we didn't talk about it as being up there as much as the DS was, but it was really in the running. It had a huge percentage of the market, and like um, Monster Hunter was a huge driver of sales. And then you get to the Vita, which sold less than 10% of that in terms of hardware units. And so to to go from a complete, utter success to what you would comparatively call an abject failure, um, I think that you can attribute a lot of that to them... Cutting the ram in half and making it so that the games that they promised could be played on there couldn't really, and it was a lot more difficult to develop for, and the console just didn't take off. I, I think that was that was a pretty ruinous one.
2: I think all those times uh, around 2006 to 2011, maybe, where uh, people said that Apple should buy Nintendo, and they they didn't. Right, uh, probably probably a bad idea, you know, because Super Mario. Yeah. You know, they, they could just have Super Mario. They could, they could do whatever they want with that.
0: Now Nintendo would be getting sued by Epic.
2: Yeah. Or not. Maybe they wouldn't sue because like, they'd, they'd
1: see Mario and be like, I can't sue
2: that can't guy. sue him.
0: He has a mustache.
1: What kind of monster would sue Mario? Yeah.
0: Wario would.
1: That's how Yoshi's been able to get away with tax evasion all these years.
0: Wario would sue Mario.
1: Yes. guess. And also I want to sue Wario. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know
2: he's got the money is the thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to settle.
0: Does Waluigi also have money?
2: Uh, I don't think so. He's not as money motivated. I don't know what his motivation is, but it's not money. Probably
0: evil. Uh, sports.
1: He likes to have a good time. Oh. Mm. Yeah,
0: because he's in all the like, soccer games. and. Oh, he's ball motivated. He likes... Yeah. Okay. Like my dog. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, Waluigi is basically Wario's dog.
2: Okay. Interesting. What <laughs> were we talking about? <laughs> Bad, business <decisions. laughs> Bad business decision. Bad business decision. Yeah, got it. Got it. I don't know when that, that, that pitcher had the bad company. That was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. 38 Studios. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All that seemed pretty bad. Yes, that was rough. Okay. There have been some really bad labor practice business decisions, but they haven't bankrupted any companies. Right. Um, they've they've been, <laughs> been fine after it.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't want to talk about immoral decisions at this point. I want to talk about self-owning.
0: Yeah. I think Nokia's decision to make the Engage gauge was probably a pretty big self-own.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: Oh, I mean, I, yeah, go it's ahead, a, sorry. It's a cell phone. It's a yes. cell phone. Mm-mm-mm. Nice, nice. And it was pretty big.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> Brandon loses 12 points.
2: <laughs> Bye, Brandon. I forget the, the game, but there's a game published by Acclaim where a, a clever developer padded the data by putting in a video that was the pilot for South Park. Yeah. Um, And I believe <laughs> that Acclaim... Maybe had to recall the game and had to to uh, pay a lot of money. So, and I, I imagine that the the dev studio was hurt pretty bad by this because of all that. So that was a pretty bad decision to use that to pad data.
1: Yeah, that that, that seems like a mistake. Friend of the show Ash Parrish broke a story this week that Nintendo just released a basic calculator app for the Switch for ten dollars. Nice. What features would make this worth buying?
3: Nothing. I can use Google.
1: <laughs> uh, wait, so is it is it published by Nintendo? You said Nintendo released, right? There's a calculator app on the Nintendo Switch. I'm not sure who the developer is.
0: It's not Nintendo published.
3: Yeah, is it a Nintendo? Is it Mario calculator? So. Yoshi's calculator?
0: You, okay, well, you know, I think we're- We don't know? Okay. <laughs> First of all, I'm 90% sure that it's no, but I think that Kazuma is getting toward what would make it worthwhile. We need to get uh yes. Mario's calculator- exactly. Or Yoshi? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Yoshi's calculator sound. It's it's similar to Yoshi's cookie. So we're getting into like familiar territory.
3: See you say that, but I have no brand loyalty. Nothing would make me buy that (laughs) if I could just use my phone or my PC.
1: It's just called Calculator, and it's published by a company called Sabec. Yeah. Okay. uh, Just for the record.
0: What if doing certain types of math problems made Yoshi do a cute thing? What if it made Yoshi eat an egg? And I mean not. Does Yoshi eat eggs or just produce them? I don't remember. Anyway, um, Yoshi eats a thing. He eats enemies and turns them into. And eggs. Then, yeah, eats an enemy yeah. and then a cool egg comes out, and you're like, "Wow, now I can raise it as my friend by doing math in this Tamagotchi <laughs> calculator." Well, I,
2: I I think the question now is, what if Nintendo made a calculator? Right. So I think you put in the equation, and there'd be like. Like like a, a a rolling drum snare as you await the results with excited anticipation, oh, yeah. and then when the number pops up, there'd be like particle Da-dum. effects and confetti, and like there'd be a an audience cheering.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, also they could do a lot of tie-ins with other games. Like if you do the square root of two, then you'll get some near characters because that's what the numbers are for oh, yeah, yeah. near remake
1: i was thinking there could be like special functions to help you uh calculate the hidden numbers that govern uh high level pokemon play like the ivs and evs that go into stat distribution
3: see people would actually buy that that's that's a really smart suggestion
1: there you go call me uh (laughs) hear me out leaderboards
0: oh yeah who's got the highest numbers (laughs)
1: leaderboards on a calculator all right let's hear this what for? Who can
3: put in the highest so it's, number? You're just typing I'm numbers. I'm not going to give you the secret sauce here. Tetris 99, <laughs> but on a calculator, I guess. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Tetris nine key, they'd call it. That's what calculators nine key, right? Sure. I think I think that's what they call it on the keyboard, where you have all the numbers next to each other like that in a little in a little square. All right. I don't know. I was always impressed with the folks at the DMV who would just like type with their left hand while looking at you
1: I don't know I remember paying over a hundred dollars for a graphing calculator when I was in school so maybe if it did that
0: and that could play drag war
1: yeah <laughs>
0: I made an animation this this was my I suppose the beginning of my 4a into game development I made an animation of a head head banging skeleton <laughs> in high school
1: what did you do for your 4b into uh, game development
0: uh yeah that's a good question oh that's a pun I
3: get that that's a pun
0: yep Barely. You'll see a couple more of those on this show, perhaps.
2: If you're lucky. What is the actual question? Can you read it verbatim? What features would make this
1: calculator for the Switch worth
2: buying? And
0: I think we did answer
2: Worth it. buying. Okay, not successful. Got right. it. Right. Okay. Because I think it's successful just existing, because we're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> sadly. But worth buying. Also,
0: there have been some jokes that, like, a limited run should do a physical release of it. And the, of the calculator. Of the calculator app. And what is depressing is that would absolutely sell oh it definitely would for LOLs. i'm
2: pretty sure limited run has joked
1: about
0: this oh already. did they they should probably just do it and make some more money well, probably not joking
1: actually <laughs> yeah. yeah it's kind of a april fools fan gamer type thing like oh just kidding but what if
0: <laughs> yeah uh, Yeah, I think really the, the Nintendo-ization of the calculator app, that's what, that's what we got to do. Or make it like a cookie clicker type thing, where when as the more... Uh,
2: leaderboards, cookie clicker with leaderboards. There you yeah. go. It's like, who's been doing the most calculator? Who's doing the most
0: math? You got to do real math, too. You can't just be typing numbers. You got to hit... I guess no.
1: this is the time to bring back Donkey Kong Jr., right? Because Nintendo did mm-hmm. make a calculator one.
0: Is that right? I don't know about that. Yeah, Donkey
1: Kong Jr. teaches math, the uh, sister title to... Mario teaches typing. Oh,
0: well, look at that!
1: That is
2: completely untrue. Yeah, oh, is it false? <laughs> it is a sister title to uh the game where Popeye teaches you English. There Folks, you go. Don't 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 listen to
1: Jaffe. I don't want Popeye. Uh, thank teaching you for me. setting the record straight. Then.
2: Yeah, actually, I never thought about that. <laughs> That's exactly the wrong guy to teach you English. I am what I am. <laughs>
0: I don't know nothing. You're just
2: going to become this mumbling
1: alcoholic. So, which video game character would be the best to teach you English? Mm. I know we're very off topic here.
0: Yeah, but I like this question.
1: M- uh, Mavis Beacon. Yeah, Mavis Beacon. Yeah. All right, we're going to be right back after a quick break.
0: You want to capitalize on the zeitgeist and get the kids of today wanting to learn some more of that english get lady dimitrescu to uh, teach you what all the kids want now big vampire lady yeah
1: for another two months
0: yeah
2: i mean when i couldn't play the demo I, w- I watched the trailer for the first time and and uh uh she she's a fine speaker she's a good english speaker
1: all right welcome back to insert credit it's time to dive into the dirt bag. Every week, I pick a question submitted by one of our subscribers to patreon.com slash insert credit, where when you subscribe at any level, you can get access to that form, uh, occasional bonus content, and even our regular episodes one day early. One day early. early. Uh, This week's question comes from Deadbeat, who asks, what is the most interesting reason you have stopped playing a video game? Uh, by example, Deadbeat went on to talk about a boss in a recent game that they were unable to kill because they invoked a sympathetic response from them, so they uninstalled the game instead of completing it.
3: Interesting. Was hmm. it Undertale?
1: Uh, good guess, but no.
3: Okay. Because I feel like that game elicits that emotional response in a lot of people.
1: It sure does. Uh, the game Beyond
2: Good and Evil, mm-hmm. Um, I could not stand the American voice acting. I should say English voice acting. It could have been Canada. I don't know. And... I thought it might be nice if there was an option to get the French voices but with English subs, but there wasn't. And I thought that was so lame that I just kind of stopped playing. It's a good reason. I might have just put up with the voices if there wasn't even this notion of French being in there. But because there was no hybrid, I was like, well, screw you. And I just stopped playing the game.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. My answer is probably XCOM, which I talked about last time. So I'm not going to do that one again. Y'all can go back and listen. But I feel like I have a lot of really uninteresting reasons why I stopped playing games, but maybe they're sort of interesting psychologically, which is that I play these games like, for example, Bloodstained or Persona or something. Persona, I think I did this with Persona 4. I play all the way to the end, and then the last thing I have to do is the boss, and I think beating this boss will be difficult. And I have finally just realized I wasn't actually having that much fun. So I don't want to do one more difficult thing. And then I just stop playing right at the end. And I've, I've done that to so many games. I get to the end and I'm like, but was I really having fun? And then I just stop. That's something, something going on with my brain.
3: That's being reasonable. You're being very reasonable and good to yourself. You're mm-hmm, practicing self-care. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess that's right. But if I were really doing it, I probably would have stopped about uh, 20 hours earlier.
2: I got to the very, very end of Hollow Knight to... Th- the Hollow Knight, and as far as I know, all I had to do was beat that boss to to beat the game, and pretty hard, but I could do it. But then I thought about it and it was like, I like the exploring part, and if there's no more to explore, I feel that I've beaten the game. So I just kind of walked away, literally at the last save point.
0: Yeah, I feel that way about exploration games, like like any Metroidvania or whatever Vania. Uh, when when there's no more map. For me to unlock or little cute secrets, then I'm kind of I'm finished with you. I, it, it's no longer giving me what I require.
3: Me, I don't know. I don't know if it's interesting. Um, but usually when I stop playing games, it's usually because they don't align with my with my morals, right? For example, I'm on the Genshin Impact Wikipedia page for this, by the way. Um, <laughs> I stopped playing Genshin Impact because the words Hong Kong and Taiwan were censored. So, oh right. Yeah. I stopped playing those games for that reason because um, I believe showing support for those people is more important than me playing a video game. I stopped playing Final Fantasy fourteen for that same reason when they decided to make a occupation era costume, a paid cosmetic in that game. Um, mm. I feel like that is my social responsibility to take that stance and to not give developers money that do those kinds of things given the history of those countries. So usually when I stop playing a game, it's for that reason because I no longer want to pay or provide these people money for, you know, playing their game or their service or whatever, um, or amplifying it in some way. So that's why I don't talk about them or play them at all, because honestly, quitting a game, like, it's no harm to me. At the end of the day, that's my choice, and I'm not going to lose anything by not playing those games.
0: Yeah, that gets into a weird zone with me sometimes for games that you just pay for flat out. Like, I've mentioned before that the game Paprium on the Genesis, which is a new Genesis game um is mechanically very sound and has some of the most impressive graphical effects and does all this wild stuff with music. And then at the same time, it has like a a gay character with who's he's wearing fishnets and he has a high voice and he like minces around and stuff, and it's just like, Why would you put this kind of a stereotype in here? And and the one black character is the is the character that you can ride as a vehicle, and it's just like But I've already given them the money, you know? There isn't Aside from talking about it, there's no more stance that I can take on it. And that's a that's a little frustrating to me because the money that I I paid the money in advance, you know, Mm -hmm. my morality is already compromised.
1: Yeah. So all you can do is Marley about and say, these are the chains that I forged in life. Right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I did this to myself. Here it is. Now I have to it's weirdly complicated internally when you've already given them the money in a weird way.
1: And it sucks because it's already entangled in this thing you do want to support, which is this kind of like making games for retro consoles. Yeah.
0: Anyways, I certainly support your decisions on uh, quitting any live games like that.
1: We talked about this last week, but now that we have an RPG expert on the show, it's a topic I want to get back to. What makes a great ensemble cast in a party?
3: Mm -mm. I think something that connects the characters together. Right. Like Final Fantasy 12 is my favorite Final Fantasy game. And that's the pure ensemble cast. Mm -hmm. And those all those characters are connected because of the way that colonialism has impacted their lives on various different levels. You have uh, somebody that grew up. Under uh, colonial rule, you have someone whose homeland was destroyed through colonial rule, someone who was part of the colonial system. This this single thread kind of ties everyone together through this shared experience or this commonality in some way. And I think that's what makes a good ensemble cast, that they have a good chemistry and there's something that kind of keeps them together versus a pure aesthetic, because some characters could look. Or function well together in a party, but if they're not interesting, then what's the point? You're playing a role-playing game for the story, for the most part, right? Right. I, I guess gameplay matters too to some degree, but I feel like that is probably one of the most important parts regarding like an ensemble cast.
1: It's a game where you're playing a role. It's yeah.
0: The title. You know, it actually makes me think that I need to do a little more thinking about some characters that I'm creating right now because with a lot of games, as with the one that I haven't fully finished developing right now, you get. A lot of characters who wind up reacting to the same thing because it's happening now, not that they have a similar base to draw from, or that they, you know, as, as you were saying, they, these characters were all affected by colonialism in some different way. Some facet of that has affected their lives, and so they have this, this thread that's common between them. Whereas in a lot of RPGs, you have, like, the demon lord is here, And we all have to defeat it. And that's what we have in common, is that if we don't do this, we'll die. Which is fine, but it is better and more admirable on the part of a creator to come up with something that actually would tie them together if they all got together in a room and talked, even without the Demon Lord. So... That's something for me to think about (laughs) after I get off this podcast. Because yeah, that's why the you know ensemble casts in I don't know it's not an RPG but in like Halo or Gears of War or whatever they're all just sort of reacting to an invasion or a threat on their lives. It's not like they would otherwise be talking,
1: Hmm. right? Uh, To me, kind of what makes a party interesting in a game is the way that the members interact with each other, as opposed to just the protagonists themselves, and uh, to build healthy relationships between each of those characters. Final Fantasy XII is interesting because it's really the Final Fantasy game that you could make the biggest argument that there is no main character of, that everyone in the party has the same agency over the story itself. Like, Vaughn isn't, like, anybody's favorite character. I
3: love Vaughn. You take that back. I love Vaughn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people like Vaughn, but he's not, like, the protagonist who stands out in the game. Like, he's one of many.
0: Yeah, you got the bunny lady. Fran. What game was the Belts Lady? Yeah, in? I'm
1: saying most people who think of Final Fantasy XII think of Fran and Balthier more than they think of the character who you start the game with, or even the princess, uh, Ash, I think.
0: Mm. Is the Belts Lady in twelve. That's ten.
3: Belts Dress? Oh, yeah. That's Lulu. Right.
1: Yeah, unless you're talking about the lady in XII.
0: There's a lot of Belts Lady.
3: <laughs> That's Pain. She has a sword.
1: Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we all know Pain. We've all experienced
0: some Pain in our lives. <laughs> So more good ensemble casts, though. I feel like the Uncharted games had a real opportunity to make a cool ensemble cast, and they just went with adventure movie tropes and mm-hmm. didn't do it. For such a character-driven game, that was one of the more disappointing things about it to me. Like, I, I did enjoy... To an extent, the I, I think my favorite one is the um, Uncharted Lost Legacy, which is the the ladies Uncharted. Yeah. And they did develop their characters a little more, and they bo- but it was in a way like their bonding factor was they both had some kind of fraught relationship with Nathan Drake.
1: That's the game where Nathan Drake has a big red bow on his head and a beauty mark on his cheek, yeah. right?
0: You've got these two ladies and what do they talk about but uh, a dude. <laughs> it's... It's unfortunate they talk about other stuff, but you know he—he's the thing that they have in common. So it's—it's uh, it's a bit. I don't know. It—it it moves on from there, but missed opportunity, in my opinion.
1: What are the best video games that you can't play anymore? Ooh. And by you, I mean anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay.
2: Well, okay. What's what's something that one can't play anymore? You know, it's it's the the Resident Evil Village uh, gameplay That's demo. Right. <laughs> there's a lot of is actually the answer. A lot of
0: MMOs that are that are off now, and some of those are probably pretty good, and we'll just never know. But there's just no way to know that anymore. Um, I would say Fantasy Star Online, but people have set up servers so that you can play that still, so that's...
3: So I have a question. Is it is it games as they were released, for example, MMOs that have now changed and are lo- no longer like their original release, or is it just games that, that we have no access to at all anymore?
1: Either of those is a perfectly valid way to interpret this open-ended question. On this show that we call Insert Credit.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah, because I think the former is really interesting. I mean, like, technically, you can play something called Ultima Online right now, but that's not the thing that people were going crazy for in the late 90s know, right? right. it is maybe the same game at, at a base level but it the world is very different now and it just doesn't work the way it does yeah so.
1: the fervor around the release of world of warcraft classic proved that it's not the same thing as world of warcraft as it is now yeah.
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: what was that game that was it was released during gdc like 10 years ago and it was a thing where there were like a thousand collective lives or something for across all players. And everyone that mm-hmm. died would decrease the global pool of lives, but you could all collectively get further in it. So it was like trying to push, some people were trying to push further. Some people were just jumping off cliffs and losing lives for fun. And, and then at the end of it, the game like destroyed itself. You remember what that was called? Nope. Okay, well, that it was sounds cool. interesting
3: in concept at least.
0: Yeah, concept is yeah. good.
3: For me, I think it would actually be an MMO. It would be Lineage 2. Um, it's a Korean MMO. I played it a lot uh, when it first came out, and I basically played it for roughly eight years through middle school to the end of high school. And it's a very different game now. In the beginning, you basically had like a lot of a lot of options regarding classes and whatnot, and how you could choose to play the game. And they homogenized it as a response to the popularity of like. Uh, Western MMORPGs and got rid of all of that and changed the complete gameplay style of the game. They even went so far as to change parts of the entire map to where certain areas no longer exist to basically speed players ahead to the end faster. And I think that's a bit sad when games change so much that you can no longer... You can't really recognize them in the state that they used to be and have that experience. It's basically just erased off the map and everything that goes with it, like the enemies that were there, even gameplay designs that had existed previously to it changing to sort of suit or follow specific trends to effectively stay alive after being around for plus 10 years, you know?
0: That's the second game I ever worked on in my... Lineage 2? Career. I did uh, some localization on one of the expansions. It wasn't like I didn't do very much on it. Oh my
3: god, that game got me into MMOs. I'm not even kidding. I went to my first gaming convention. I was there. I was playing the game. And one of the guys at the booth gave me the game for free, and that just got me hooked on MMOs immediately. Yeah,
0: that would do it. Lineage was uh, certainly a phenomenon. I mean, that was... When it came to Korean MMOs, there was Lineage and there was Ragnarok. And those were like... Oh, and Maplestory. And those were the big ones, at least... For the Western audience, those those were the ones that were, like, really putting not only Korea on the map, but MMOs in general were, were reaching a new audience because you had, like, you had your Warcrafts and your Ultimas and stuff, and those were for a very certain kind of sensibility, and Ragnarok was way in the anime zone, and then Lineage was in this kind of, like, somewhere totally different kind of a feeling space. Pretty cool.
3: Wow, wow. the degrees of separation.
0: Always very small in the old video game industry
3: wow how cool it's
1: what they say about entertainment there are only 16 people and they all know each other that's
0: right wasn't there just a game jam where it was games that could that were meant to be only played for a day i believe there was and i I played a couple of them there was one where like how did it work it was everyone could play and then it was sort of a massacre um platformer and then, when you got to certain checkpoints and power nodes and things, you could steal those, or you could hack. You could ha- like hack save states so that nobody else could use them. Um, there was a lot going on with that one, and I believe that's. I don't know if that's playable anymore. I think it was supposed to also dissolve itself after the day was up. Okay,
1: right before the buzzer, I have. I would be remiss if I didn't mention PT? Metal Gear Online.
3: Oh, okay, never mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about PD, but uh, Metal Gear Online is a game that uh, a lot of the insert credit community was really into uh, 10 years ago and is now gone forever.
0: Too bad. PT is a good good answer also though,
1: dang it. PT is a good answer, yes. Points for Kazuma. What will be the point where we can say that the VTuber streaming trend has officially peaked?
3: I think it's already hit there, actually. I think it's already hit. Really? Is it a trend? I think it's already hit, um, mostly because I would say that the first VTuber would be uh, Kizuna AI, and then... Sure. Uh, From then on, you know, it got really popular with like Hololive and whatnot. And Hololive is kind of like the big conglomerate that has all the major VTubers and they debut people. Um, But I think we've already hit that point to where, uh, as a VTuber, where it's hard to break into this scene. Uh, because there's already such a big oversaturation of people doing it, either because, you know, they just want to role play a character or whatever, or they're doing it for reasons of euphoria. Like, the reason I have a VTuber avatar is so I don't feel dysphoric while I stream. And because it keeps me safe from weirdo nationalists that are trying to find pictures of my face to try and measure my skull. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Lord. Jesus. It's, it's real. It's real. That's happened. Oh, um, no, I believe you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think it's already peaked. And I feel like it will slowly begin its decline and then it will plateau. I think more people will continue to become VTubers, whether they will achieve whatever measure of success like you wanna you wanna create for them or measure them against, for example, like, you know, Corone or uh GRA, that's something else entirely. But I think it I think we've already hit it. That's interesting to me.
0: I would be kinda of surprised if it had hit the peak because like I feel like, you know, at at this point, my mom could read a news story about like Ninja, the Twitch streamer, and she might send me like an article clipping from the newspaper being like, did you know about this? But my mom definitely does not know yet about VTubers. And I think there are still. It's been
1: very big in uh, Japanese circuits for the past few years, but I feel like it's just starting to get recognition on the international stage and it's something that, like, big celebrities are kind of flirting with at this point. Like, I feel like the same way that podcasting blew up as, like, a viable stream of entertainment just in the past few years in the way that, like, big corporations have picked up on it, I feel like that's yet to happen for VTubers, and it may still.
3: I mean, okay, so, like, within the Western sphere, and it's not limited to video games, they're, all, they're already VTubers, essentially, right? Uh, they have, like... Uh, these fake 3D Instagram influencers and yeah. whatnot that already exist. Or I think some company was trying to do some sort of diversity push and they made like a 3D model of a brown girl talking about being harassed in a cab that got a lot of pushback on social media and I don't think they've ever used her again. Probably wise. Because that was just... Yeah, because it was just yeah. a really, I don't know why anyone thought that would be a fucking good idea. Sorry, I curse. I apologize. You're allowed to curse. Okay, thank you. We can we we curse, that. we don't. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I think we've already seen it kind of appear in the West, but not in the way that you would associate with VTubing, right? Like a 3D anime avatar or a live 2D model uh but I feel like we already have these things, especially in like art circles. Like I see this stuff in like magazines that are concerned with like aesthetic and art and music yeah. as opposed to reading it in like a a general newspaper, I suppose. So I, I think I think yeah. I agree with what with what you're saying that I guess basically until like your mom reads about it, is it truly in the mainstream?
0: Yeah. And I think also that, you know, Lil Nas X or somebody could Become a VTuber and then suddenly it would be like in this different kind of sphere. Mm -hmm. Megan the Stallion, while she's taking her uh, her time off to work on herself, could be like, you know, maybe I'll be a VTuber. You know, I feel like that that could happen.
2: I feel both like both of those specifically feel almost likely to me now that it's been said. So <laughs> I
1: feel like we're we are moments away from like NBC launching the masked tuber.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The masked tuber is it a yam? Is it taro? Is it a it... <laughs> yeah? Exactly, is it cassava. Yeah. I hope it's cassava. I, I mean, cassava. there are
3: already actual problems in the v tubing community about people faking their races, for example. So mm-hmm. maybe that should exist. Yeah,
0: it's interesting how anonymity gives people freedoms in good ways when they need to protect themselves and freedoms in bad ways when they want to co-opt other people's cultures and ideas and things like that so it's uh you you can do all kinds of stuff like imagine imagine if that lady whose name i do not recall at this time who was like head of a chapter of the NAACP and was going on Rachel Dolezal yeah there we go who yeah. was n- not actually black she would have loved to be a black VTuber and never, ever reveal her identity.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that, that that's a real yeah, thing. Yeah, that is strange. That could have happened if she were tech-savvy. So, spooky.
1: Spooky, spooky. Here is our final question before the lightning round. What is the Jurassic Park of video games?
3: What does that mean? We, ha- we have uh, to figure uh, that week, out first. Exactly. Yes. All right. <laughs> every
1: week, we uh, try to figure out what the something is of video games based on that old catch-all what is the Citizen Kane of video games? We're way beyond that question. So we now go to different cultural touchstones okay. to figure out what the equivalent of that is in the video game industry or history or sphere. Okay. So what is the equivalent to Jurassic Park for movies as uh, we see in video games?
3: Okay, I have an answer for this because I'm realizing now that Jurassic Park wasn't known for its plot or tension, but known for its incredible like, step forward regarding like you know uh mm-hmm, 3d mm-hmm. 3d graphics and yes whatnot. yes so i'm gonna say this is gonna sound weird but specifically the opening cutscene of final fantasy 8
1: oh that's really good yes yeah i totally see that
3: mm-hmm. sure Mm-hmm. uh yeah the way
1: that like it does stuff for video games at the time that we didn't think were possible it just yes. kind of blew everybody's mind oh it's so realistic and i remembered happening again when they release like the cutscene trailers for Final Fantasy X, so like maybe just Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy,
0: Final Fantasy cutscenes, yeah, yeah,
1: maybe just like Final Fantasy seven to twelve or seven to ten, I guess you would take be that, the that, answer. That,
0: you say twelve, you add twelve in
1: there. <laughs> Twelve's With... <laughs> uh, cutscenes, twelve is good, but it doesn't have that same effect, you know. I honestly yeah, it's think it's not 12, good for this. Yeah. Qu- I'm not saying yeah. it's bad. I'm just saying that it doesn't fit this prompt. CG was That's
0: already true. kind of there, so I I think that. For me, Jurassic Park, um, I also agree that it's, you know, it's it's that visual impact. But when I think of Jurassic Park, I think of the melding of digital and practical effect. And so I want to I want to push somehow in that direction, whether that means it's something that has like weird physical movement inputs as well, or whether it's like a Saturn game where you've got it's almost like a mixed media project because you've got 3d with 2d sprites slapped onto it moving over an fmv background like mr bones for example but mr bones was not successful but
1: mr bones didn't like change the industry
0: it sure it certainly did not. yeah i
1: I
2: think of jurassic park as being the first 3d animation that was like oh this actually you know this works works really well and for that reason i'm just giving the dead simple answer of mario 64 hmm I yeah. mean, like there were 3D games before that, but that's the first time where it's like, oh, you can just make a cool game that's entirely in 3D. But
0: here's where I will counter that.
2: I guess it's more of a Toy Story though than a. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think so because it, yeah.
0: because like so Jurassic Park, it sort of pr- in in a way proved out the CG digital space for film. Whereas I feel that Mario 64 was a I don't want to say a false flag, but like nobody else succeeded in doing. A 3D action game for a really long time after Mario 64. A platform game, anyway. Like, it, people kept making them, but they were all terrible until, like, the PS2 era.
1: I think you could say that for Jurassic Park 2, though. A lot of people tried to emulate that for a long time and got nowhere.
0: Mm, maybe you're right. Okay.
1: Yeah, I just don't remember movies as much as games, I guess.
0: I'm having trouble remembering movies that tried and failed and placing them in the chronology. When, when did Jurassic Park come out again? It was, like, 94? Something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's quite early. So maybe, okay. Maybe I maybe I buy it. It also uh, it was ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, that's, not
1: a lot of great CG movies in nineteen ninety three to four.
0: No. Although I will I will emphasize that Jurassic Park is a mixture. They they definitely yes. had they had a real big T Rex head come down and chomp on what's that guy's name in the toilet?
1: Uh, Toilet Man.
0: Um. Thank you, Newman. He's called Newman. <laughs> Newman. Yeah. His name is Newman. Yeah. No,
1: that wasn't the T Rex. The uh, it was that frilly dinosaur that shot venom at newman
0: yeah the, but the t-rex ate him
1: no the t-rex did not eat newman okay, the t-rex no. ate the lawyer
0: oh
3: really yeah, he ate the guy in the toilet yeah. yeah newman wasn't on the toilet it
2: wasn't newman on the toilet no. how do you how do you have newman
1: and you don't put him
0: on you the toilet
2: newman's the
1: tried to steal the jurassic park dna so he could and then like
2: he, and then he went to the toilet uh, and then he got eat-
1: different death scenes
0: uh, whatever
2: all right whatever <laughs> I'd look the the point is if you got
1: newman in your movie you put,
0: put him, him on the, the toilet time. everyone yeah the end
1: man <laughs> uh wayne knight has never been in a video game that wasn't just an adaptation of a different thing he was in unfortunately too
0: bad for him got a cool name yeah
1: otherwise that would be the jurassic park of video games is that is, is that, name? Is that name? newman yeah new, uh, wayne knight okay i'm not gonna retain that <laughs> His name's Newman. You can retain Wayne Knight because Bruce Wayne is the Dark Knight. Put him in a Batman. Yeah, but like that—that that name
2: is really cool. It is. And yeah. he's not. No. he might be. I a nice know. Guy. I think he's pretty cool. He's a, a nice cool guy. guy. He might be okay. Yeah, he's not traditional cool. Yeah. like he, Like I can think someone's like a cool guy, but they're not like cool. Like sunglasses, cool.
3: He's like the guy fieri of movies. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I think Guy Fieri's probably a really cool
3: guy. I
1: I need to ask who the Guy Fieri of video games is at some point. Have I done that? that, That's
3: such a good question, honestly.
1: Yeah. We're going to do that the next time. uh, Maybe the next time you're on.
0: I was watching Bullet
3: last night, by the way. Yeah.
0: Which is um, a movie that's only worth watching, in my opinion, if you are born in the Bay Area and want to see a bunch of 60s San Francisco. But there's a documentary on there called Steve McQueen, The the Essence of Cool or something like that. And I was wondering, was Steve McQueen actually a cool guy? So I looked him up and uh, he, he, he refused to participate in a civil rights march because he, uh, he was mm. a lifelong conservative and thought that that would be a bad look for him. So uh, Disgusting. the answer is no. <laughs> He's not right, cool. Well.
1: I don't know, if you define cool as it was in the era it was born, as someone who doesn't care about anything, then I guess, yeah.
0: We continue to unfortunately classify that as cool. He's definitely cool now because he's uh, in the cold, cold ground. He's about as cool as he can can get.
1: (laughs) Well, it's time for a lightning round. Uh, Here's the concept. You're starting a video game review website, which gives every game a score from 0 to 10. To properly calibrate the scoring system, I need each of you to give me a game which would qualify as a 10 and then a 9 then an 8 and so on until we reach 0 uh,
0: collectively or each of us each of you
3: I'll do uh, 10 no. I'll, I'll do 10 Resident Evil 4 wow
2: 10 I 10 game um uh god I don't know um <laughs> uh, there's no 10s like what game is a 10 <laughs> okay, okay story.
3: you can pass tactics Final <laughs> tactics no. Tetris
2: um, Tetris is a ten. Tetris on the Game
0: Boy is okay, a ten. Okay, now I need to get my ten. God darn it!
3: See, RE4 was the easy pick because it's a literal genre-defining and changing video game. I don't like yeah. it, but it's a ten. Okay.
0: <laughs> ten. I'm gonna say uh, this. This is not. You know,
1: you're among friends here because our favorite games are usually around sevens to eights.
0: Yeah, I'm. I can't, I can't do this according to my personal values. I don't think so. I can't make like a terrible, like a. I can't make a seven game a ten. So, you
3: can in your heart you can so do in it my, here.
0: in my heart it would be like um know, probably Valid 3 but that's terrible. So, uh, i'm going to say portal i'm going to say portal is a 10 okay. okay valid 9 uh resident evil 4 <laughs> <laughs> you, you know it's a 10 <laughs> yeah i think we can't we can't reuse each other what's that? Okay. i didn't
2: hear that rule <laughs> yeah. that wasn't a rule
0: i, I guess i guess yeah. you win Frank. <laughs> uh, okay my 9 is going to be now we're going to get into my real zone uh, earth defense force 2
3: Vagrant Story. Okay. Eight.
1: Yeah, Vagrant Story is a good nine. Eight.
0: Um,
3: Yakuza Zero.
2: Mm, that's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a Zelda. Um, which Zelda? Uh, I don't know. Link to the Past. Okay. Link to the Past is an eight? No way. I already did 9 and 10, so I didn't <laughs> have those slots.
0: I would have put Yakuza 0 as a 9 for me, so I'm going to say Yakuza Kiwami 2.
3: Oh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a solid 8. I'd say it's even a 6 or a 7. Yeah, if I'm picking
1: a Zelda for an 8, I'm going like Oracle of Ages or Seasons. Oh, those are
3: good. Those are really
0: Oracle good. of Ages.
1: No, they, they talk too much. Okay. They're 7. 7.
0: Are we on 7 now? Uh,
2: Oracle of Ages. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, 7.
2: Seasons is an 8, but Ages is Seven's a 7. 7's got to be
0: Deadly permanent.
1: Yeah, DP is the classic
0: seven. Oh, that's
2: a good
1: one. Yeah, yeah.
0: Lost Odyssey. Ooh. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah, I'll go with I that. I like it. Uh, I'm just going to slot my favorite, Nier, as a seven. Uh, number six. I was literally going to say Nier <laughs> as a six.
2: <laughs> I can still get away with that, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
3: Assassin's Creed Odyssey.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a good six. I'm going to do Dead Island. Ooh. As a sick dead island yep it's not a game we talk about a lot on here but i like it
1: no it's not i would think that's a five but uh now we're going five straight middle of the road keith courage
0: i <laughs> love keith <laughs> it's a five i love it too it's a good yeah, five i think it's a good five i i'm gonna put um i'm gonna put blazing lasers slash gunhead a really solid shooting game it's right there in the middle zone
3: i'm opening up my steam list give me a second <laughs> okay.
2: all right sure sure
0: check off your fives on there if yeah. we're
2: calling blazing lasers a five, we're we're are saying that Kanye West is really interesting because his favorite
1: game's a no. five. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're interesting if your favorite game is a seven. If your favorite game okay. is a five, okay. you're boring.
0: Okay. Kazuma, you got one? I think it You can pass.
1: No, you can't. <laughs> oh
3: never <laughs> I, mind. I'm gonna, gonna say Haven. Here. I'm gonna say Haven.
1: Haven? Yeah, okay. I, I have no thoughts about that game, which means it's a five. Uh, four. Okay.
2: See, I, th- I think this is going to be. Okay, it's like Gex 3.
1: For a four, I'm thinking a game that's almost okay, but not quite. That's what a four is.
3: Castlevania 64. Nice. Hmm.
1: I think those are the same game.
2: Yeah. Okay, you're, you're uh, correct. You're not yeah.
3: wrong. You're correct.
0: Demolition Man for the Sega CD. That's my four. That's a good four. Uh,
3: three. Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. <laughs> yes. Oh. Correct.
1: <laughs> right. yeah. uh, God Hand. That hands a three. Wow. Yeah, that's that's an IGN joke. Sorry. Oh, I see.
2: I'm gonna say the first Bubsy is a three.
0: Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I will say I'm gonna say Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> right. Wow. No, I'm not. Three? I'm not. It's it's more of a five. Um. Ruinous. It's. I no, It's more like a four to me. Um. Let's see. Three. I'm gonna say Galaxy Fraulein Una on the PC engine.
1: Don't play it. Uh, we're down to 2 now.
3: Oh god. Um, I haven't played this many bad games honestly.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm going to say the bouncer because basically my my criteria is if I'm ranking it, I'm interested in it a little bit. Like otherwise I'm 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 just not okay. going to rank it at all. So it has to be like if it if it's subpar it has to be interesting subpar. So I'm I'm that's what, so I'm putting the bouncer as, as my number 2.
2: 2 is like most british platforming games
1: yeah frank automatically loses the episode because the secret rule was we can't, can't make, make fun of fun british. british games in this one i oh uh-huh.
3: i'm gonna say uh the beat takeshi takeshi's like challenge game sure
1: oh yeah yeah that's good Is a two because okay, they're bad so but, but they're still like, like yeah that's interesting
2: yeah there's something interesting yeah. here sort of yeah
1: we're down to the ones now
2: okay so i think zero is just like it doesn't work yeah. right uh, so one is just like a bad functional it game. works as intended, but
1: it's there's nothing redeeming about it. Yeah, this is the interesting part here to me.
3: The one?
1: Uh, the yeah. difference between zero and one, which we just nailed down.
2: Uh, Bubsy 2 is a 1.
0: A lot of Bubsy in your list. Yeah, 2. 2, two is a lot of Bubsy
2: for any yeah. list.
0: Um, okay, I'm going to go Cybermorph on the Atari Jaguar is a 1.
1: 2 is too many Bubsy games if you're ranking Bubsy games. <laughs> That's true. Mm.
0: Well, like, one of the only, like,
1: things within
2: eyesight is, is a coffee mug from the first Bubsy game. I see. So.
0: That could be why I chose Dead Island, because it's immediately to my left, so... There you go. Um, but yeah, Cybermorph. That's my that's my one. I'm
3: telling you, I've not played this many bad games before.
0: We could introduce you to some. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you like.
3: I think there was one game. It was Sense, a cyberpunk ghost story. Just awful. Mm. awful what was bad game. about it? Uh, it was some sort of erotic horror game that had... Okay. Pixelated graphics and really bad mechanics and just boob socks all over the place. It wasn't even nice to look at aesthetically. Yeah. It played terrible. Oh, uh,
1: alright, what's your zeros, everybody? Uh,
2: Resident Evil Village gameplay demo. <laughs> 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 um,
0: I I unfortunately cannot remember the name of this game. I keep wanting to call it like Sunless Skies, but it's not. That's a totally different game. Um, there is a game about a middle-aged man who's really disappointed with his life, but he has like a home and a job that's good, and he's just he's just so sad about how he feels like he should have been doing greater things, and nobody understands him, even though he's a jerk to everybody. and everything's working out for him um and i it was a it was a, supposed to be a game about like the depression of getting older or whatever but it really was like th- the story of a privileged white man f- feeling bad about himself for absolutely no reason uh, when other people have things way worse and i can't remember what it's called but it's a zero
1: I'll allow it. No, I won't allow it. You have to okay. give the name okay. for it to count.
0: Okay, all right. I, I really want to remember what the name of that game is. i got to ask my programmer, Shane, because I played it in his presence, and I, I was so angry at it. I was just constantly uh, screaming at the game until I shut it off. I think I played it, like, for the IGF. Okay, a zero game, a game that's to- Okay, I got one. There's a game called um, Feng Shui for the, um, for the Saturn, and it is completely mm-hmm. incomprehensible and barely works. It is, like, it's amazing they pressed the to disc because you just it's it's got like a feng shui uh master who tells you some things at the beginning of a stage and then you have to like walk around this weird zone and like rebuild and debuild houses and all the buttons don't really make sense and sometimes it's unclear what directions you can actually move and which things do what and it's it's a it's total mess so that's a zero
1: all right kazuma do you have a zero
3: i i don't don't have a zero
2: wow we can default. There, there was a magazine that had a game as its zero on the scale, um, and I believe a friend of the show, Chris Charla, uh, did this. So maybe we can fill in his answer, which was Cosmic Race on the PS One is a zero on the on the ultra game player scale.
0: Oh, okay.
2: I never played it. Sounds like I shouldn't.
1: I would give Desert Bus a zero, but call it the best zero of all time.
2: That's not a zero because there's an interesting idea there. Okay, it, 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 the worst is that it's a one.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll...
2: Yeah. I think that's yeah, true. Yeah. I a... think it's a six or a seven. Ooh. All right. I think it's six. I think I think Desert Bus absolutely succeeds in what it's intending to do.
0: That's true. Okay. And it certainly right. extended its life beyond anything that anyone could have imagined for an unreleased Sega CD minigame.
2: You're welcome, Internet. I put that on the internet.
1: Uh, The totals are close here, but it looks like Brandon is the winner this time. Congratulations, Congratulations, Brandon.
0: Spring break. Uh,
1: Yeah. It's your second win in quite a while. Uh, So, uh, Kazuma, thank you very much for joining us. It's been an absolute delight. This is the part of the show where we plug the stuff we're working on and recommend stuff we're not working on that we are interested in that our listeners should check out before the next episode is released as a way to fill those long, cold hours in their lives.
0: Yes. People have been asking me for more extreme music recommendations. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into the deep back catalog and recommend a traditional death metal by the band Disincarnate. Dreams of the Carrion Kind. It's very straight ahead stuff but it is not not super well known what was his name james murphy whatever murphy from uh death is in the band and uh it's it's a real good album give it a look if you like that kind of thing and yeah usually i would have a movie to recommend but i've i've been going through my dvd catalog just watching whatever nonsense and a lot of it's real bad oh but i guess i can if you want to watch something bad if you're excited about that you could watch the movie g2 which is the the director's third attempt to make a movie about the sword of <laughs> Alexander the Great being stolen. And that sword giving somebody who's a, like a muscly male model, um, like superpowers. And the, there was the Swordsman. And then there was Swordsman 2, also known as Gladiator Cop. And then there's G2, which I guess is maybe Gladiator Cop 2. I don't know. But the the premise is the same every time. It's terrible, but hilarious terrible in uh, in a lot of ways so uh give it give it a look if you want to have a good bad time if you if you're fully vaccinated and can hang out with friends who are also fully vaccinated you could have a lull time at this movie or you could do it virtually
2: i haven't seen it yet because it just arrived at my house right before the show which is not where i am right now but i'm very excited to go home and uh look at this book that just came out in japan that is uh you know you know those catalog style books in japan oh, sure that do. just catalog all the things yeah uh this one is about famicom games that never came out and it i believe it has 170 something entries
0: yeah i love those books let's see i got a pc engine one i got a saturn one i got a neo geo yeah, one. yeah but
2: they're about games that came out yeah
0: there's some that didn't come out but yeah that's true <laughs> No that's 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 a uh, that's a cool thing. I really like that kind of that kind of research and these sorts of catalog things. That I hope they keep I going. I can't
2: imagine this book disappointing me cuz I can think of like four And there's 170-something, I think.
0: I bet you'll know a bunch of them, actually, because they will have been released by you or something.
2: (laughs) Well, or like there was an American equivalent that also didn't come out or something. Right.
3: I have three recommendations. Uh, One is a podcast. It's called Plus 81 Podcast. Um, It's basically a podcast that breaks down the uh, current political happenings in Japan and explains all of the Japanese political parties for those looking to inform themselves about Japanese politics and pro imperialist propaganda in Japanese media. Uh, and then for a film, I recommend Shu Senjo. Uh, it's by Miki Dezaki and it deals with the comfort women issue in Japan um, and also discusses how the Japanese education system is like failing to educate people about this specific issue. Um, and then on a lighter note, I have a recommendation for like if you like watching Let's Plays of old retro RPGs, you should check out Has vs. RPG on YouTube. His Playthroughs are really, they're very soothing and nice to listen to and fall asleep, too.
2: What was that one called?
3: Has versus RPG. Like
2: H-A-Z. Z, yeah, S-A-Z.
1: Z.
3: H-A-Z, okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, I think he uploaded a full Baldur's Gate 2 playthrough, and I fall asleep listening to that all the time. Nice.
1: That's exactly the content we're here for. Do you have anything that you're working on that you'd like to... Uh, Direct our audience towards
3: nothing in particular. If you want to follow me on Twitch and check out my YouTuber model as I talk about pro imperialist propaganda and Japanese media and how that impacts how Japanese video game narratives are made, or post war sentiments in early you know like the early nineties and and uh, late eighties, uh, you can follow me on Twitch at uh, Kagenaga underscore L N, or you can follow me on Twitter at JusticeKazi Kazi underscore.
1: Uh, yeah, we're going to. Uh... Definitely talk about that some more if we have you on the show again, which I would like to do. Here are my recommendations. I recommend that if you, the listener, are listening on any platform which uh, hosts podcasts such as iTunes or Spotify or what have you, that you... Subscribe to us if possible, and leave us a review, if you can do that as well, which really helps the algorithms push us upwards and forwards. You can also go to patreon.com slash insert credit, as aforementioned, where you can become a patron to submit your own questions, get regular episodes one day early, one day and early. access to bonus episodes and other exclusive content. Yes, indeed, Brandon, one day early. As of this recording, we are at... 401 patrons and once we hit 420 we're going to do something special you're going to have to uh, get there for you to find out. It's an arbitrary number which I'm sure has no bearing on what it's going to be. You can also join us on forums.insertcredit.com and follow us on Twitter for our own personal updates and projects. This show is at insertcredit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Cifaldi, Brandon is at Necrosofty, and Kazuma is at JusticeCazi underscore with two Zs. This show is produced by Esper Quinn, with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Chaffee.
0: I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And I'm Kazuma Hashimoto.
1: And your game has now been saved. That was so good.